they all play a role. And if pieces of the puzzle are missing for long enough, eventually your body will break down. That was Emily Barnhart talking about how important it is to have all the building blocks of nutrition to prevent injuries. And I'm Julianne Dietz, and I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success and a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll talk to stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to be the healthiest soccer players and people we can be. Emily is a board-certified specialist in sports dietetics and registered dietitian. She believes we need to bring a more compassionate voice to food, nutrition, and body image to athletes overcoming injury. As the injury RD, Emily operates from a deep-seated nutrition philosophy that food is more than fuel. Food is joy, celebration, community, and culture. She strives to empower her athletes to make educated decisions around food choices using a model that incorporates education, environment, and individual experiences. She believes nutrition should feel easy. In addition to creating and running Injury RD, she currently consults with the USA Volleyball men's and women's court teams. While talking to Emily, I learned so much about how to reduce injuries through nutrition, but also about how to have a positive attitude and a nutrition plan when injuries arise. But don't take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? Emily had some really fun food ideas that I can't wait to try, especially the Gatorade grapes. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. I have so many questions about this topic, so I'm so excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So I know Elizabeth has a starting off question for you. We always like to ask, did you play sports when you were growing up? I did. I wasn't cool enough to play soccer, but I grew up playing a little bit of ice hockey, but mostly gymnastics. Oh, cool. Yes. Did you have a favorite event in gymnastics? I definitely was a floor girl. I, I like to show off, and I had a routine one time where I winked at the judges, which I pulled it off. I like to think I pulled it off. But... <laughs> um, Yes, it's cool. It's it's a tough sport to play as an adult, so, you know, I miss it. And that's, yeah. that would have been the good thing about soccer is I could still play that now. Yeah, but definitely. Yes, mostly gymnastics. Well, that's awesome. Elizabeth's been working on her backbends lately, so maybe mm-hmm. after this you can give us some, some tips for us. So Yes, absolutely. Uh, perfect. So we just actually released a podcast about nutrition with Tony. I think you know Tony. And yeah. um, so it was it was about nutrition for performance. And we learned so much about fueling our bodies for performance. But, you know, injuries have been something that's been so prevalent in women's soccer right now. Most recently, um, Mallory Swanson wasn't able to play in the Women's World Cup because she had a serious knee injury right before. And Sophia Smith, which is one of our, you know, best American players, recently injured her knee. Luckily, it seems like it's pretty minor, but there is a long list of professional women soccer players and also international women soccer players that have not been able to play, and a lot of it is new in- knee injuries. And as a mom and as a parent, this is something um, 
I want to learn as much about prevention as I possibly can and learn what is going on with soccer. It happened back in my day, but it seems like it's getting worse. And I would think with the science getting better that it wouldn't be getting worse, but it seems like it's getting worse. So worse. So I don't know. What do you know about this? And what is the connection between nutrition and, um, and knee health? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great topic to bring up and, it's very, there's a lot of pieces to this, right? So I can speak a little bit to the full picture here. But of course, you know, I'm a dietitian. I'll speak to what I know about nutrition. But it, it's interesting. You're right. There's a lot of research on this. And there's a lot of theories that we've had for, for many, many years. And we're starting to learn that some of those are pretty lazy. So the narrative for a while is that women's hips are built differently. And the way that we are structured puts women at higher risk. And yeah, we're really coming around to that's kind of a lazy excuse because we have a lot of other tools in our toolbox that can kind of make that not matter that much. And now what we're learning is workload. So how often you play soccer, how quickly you increase those hours, things like that, how hard you're going, how much rest you have in between games or, you know, in between seasons. You know, if we look at, you know, our national team members, they're playing full seasons and, you know, the NWSL now, and then they're going to play for the national team and they are full on all year round. And that's not necessarily great for your body. So that lack of rest is probably playing a role. And we know a lot about sports of how to kind of work around that and be smart about that. And I think some teams are really trying to do a good job about that and some teams are not. So I think that's a really, really big factor is how much soccer some people are playing. Okay. Um, there's more games. It's more intense. There's more stuff going on. Okay, um, that's helpful. You, yeah, so you can keep that in mind with, with kids and high schoolers and stuff like that too is how many sports are your kids playing and how many hours are they spending in sport? And throughout a year, are they getting any time to just be a kid outside of sports? And are getting, are they getting time to rest their body? And then after they rest their body for summer vacation or whatever that might look like, when they do get back into soccer practice, are they slowly ramping up that intensity level? Or are we showing up on day one and going hard, you know, on the field? with no thought of, hey, we haven't played soccer in a couple months, and maybe our body needs to adjust to this workload. So that's a big a big piece of, of risk factor there for injuries like ACLs and things like that. Okay. Another Do you thing- know, is there, a di- is there a difference between the number of men and the number of women that are having these type of injuries? For sure, yes. It's, okay. it's really, really prevalent in women's soccer and women's basketball. Um, and... Part of that is because those sports are, again, are becoming bigger professional sports. So more and more women are getting the opportunity to play, which is fantastic. But they don't have quite as much money as the men's side does. So they don't have the same resources. So the other big non-nutrition thing related to, you know, ACL or knee injury risk is access to strength and conditioning. We know that when girls get in the weight room and get specific prevention exercises in place, we can pretty much cut that risk out. 
That's good to know. I know that when I played in college, we had a strength and conditioning coach, but it wasn't something that was really soccer specific. And this was obviously a long time ago, but (laughs) it wasn't really soccer specific. It was kind of just some type of strength and conditioning. And we also didn't do it during our, our on season. So it was something that we just did it during the off season. And I've heard that doing the strength and conditioning year round, uh, different versions of it, depending on what you're doing for your sport, but that that can, can really help. So that's really interesting. So, okay. So strength, conditioning, getting enough rest, what else can we do to kind of try to prevent those injuries in soccer? So here's where I come in. Okay. The biggest, biggest, biggest risk factor nutrition-wise is eating enough. Mm. And there is so much evidence out there that girls and women aren't doing that for so many reasons, right? Sometimes it's an accident. Sometimes, you know, we're just super active and we're practicing for three hours a day and it's you're not hungry when you come home and it's hard to eat as much as you need. But on average, people are burning like 1500 calories in a game. So this concept of like a 2000 calorie diet is not enough for soccer players. It's just not. And kids, I think a factor that we forget is kids are also growing. They're also going through puberty. There's this whole other very extremely, you know, energetically expensive function going on that we also need to fuel for. So there's also evidence that our kid and teenage soccer players might even need a little bit more calories than their adult counterparts. I can definitely see that we have a 13-year-old boy and the amount of food that – like he's never (laughs) been a big eater, but the amount of food that he's eating – Oh, right sure. now is just twice as much as that he was eating before. He would never be like, I'm hungry really often before. But now he's just feels like hungry all of the time. He eats like twice as much as me. Yeah. yeah. And he's grown probably, you know, he used to be more similar proportional in size to Elizabeth. But now, I mean, he's yeah, like he, my size. So. He used to only be like two inches taller than me. Yeah. And so yeah. eating for him is like, I'm always shoving snacks in his bag so that he just has snacks all of the time. That's 100% the right thing to do. I call okay. them emergency snacks. You should have them in your locker at school or in your backpack or in the glove compartment of your car. So that, yeah, the teenage boys always blow my mind. They can they can eat a lot. And our girls are are not that much different. They also need a lot of food. But there's different kind of pressures there. They don't yeah, we like the idea of getting of getting bigger where teenage boys do so they feel more comfortable eating. Yeah, because it's not always like, you know, you, you grow in all different ways and and it's just so important to make sure you, that you feel fuel your body. Tony said that. We also had Caroline who was a body image um, and eating disorder therapist and she talked a lot about getting enough nutrition and how it can prevent injuries. And so can you talk a little bit about that? So Calories are really important for preventing in injuries. Are there certain types of food that should be prioritized when you're growing a lot and you need tons of nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, calories are first and foremost. Like, you got to have enough bricks to, to build the house, right? Then we need all of our macronutrients. We need protein. We need carbohydrates. We need healthy fats. They all have different functions in our body, and we want enough of each one so that each function can get done properly, right? We like to use proteins to build things. We don't want to have to use protein for energy. We like to use carbs and fat for energy. So we need enough of that. 
And then fats are also super important for our hormones, for, you know, there's anti-inflammatory fats, so for recovery and for feeling good after practice, they all play a role. And if pieces of the puzzle are missing for long enough, eventually your body will break down in one way or another. Okay. So for a kid, what what might that look like? What does mm-hmm. kind of enough calories or getting enough of all the building blocks you need look like? So if I was if I were to say to Elizabeth, okay, let's let's talk about what you what kind of foods you need this week or what you need this week, what might that look like for her? Yeah, I think in its simplest form, we should be having three meals and snacks every day, multiple snacks. And then when we're building out our meal, we want to build out what's called a performance plate. So can you see carbs? Can you see protein? Can you see some kind of color on your plate? And a lot of times for kids, half their plate can be carbs. And that's usually like two or three fist sizes. Okay. And then for the protein, we're looking for at least, you know, the palm of their hand, if not their entire hand, including the fingers. Okay. And then, you know, veggies, I'm never going to limit you on how many veggies you can have. As long as you can still eat the other things on your plate and you're only filling up on veggies or only filling up on fruits, then that's usually a really, really good place to start. I don't think I could fill up on vegetables, but I could definitely fill up on fruit. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of kids would probably say the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, um, what would, do you know what a carb is? Uh, What's a food that's a carb? I have no clue. Okay. So could you tell us a little bit about what are some kid favorite carbs out there? Well, the first one that automatically comes to mind is goldfish. That was my favorite snack Mm. as a kid. Things like, you know, crackers, things like bread, things like rice, pasta, cereal. Yeah. So some of your favorites, rice, pasta. What about potatoes? That's a carb, right? Potatoes. We had some potatoes tonight. Yeah. And corn. Corn. Is corn a a carb? Yeah. Yep. Corn can yep. count. Yep. Cool. Yep. So that's helpful. So like does two feel, fistfuls of that. I was going to say, does that feel like that'd be pretty easy to do to have that with every yeah. meal? Yeah. 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 Easy. And, and then, then what's a know, protein? That's also... Proteins like meat, beans, eggs. Good. What about milk, yogurt? Dairy. Dairy. Yeah. Dairy is... Super, super important for kids and teens, for your bones, especially as girls. Those teenage years is when we build most of our bone health. So if we want to talk about that kind of injury prevention as well, dairy is important. And a lot of people like to cut dairy out. So as long as whatever you're replacing that dairy with also has calcium and vitamin D and things like that. Ice cream. Ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Ice cream, that sounds good to me. Sure. Well, Elizabeth's not a cheese person, so we've done, like, we've started, and she's not a big meat person. She might talk about that in a little bit, but we like to put um, some, like, Greek yogurt in smoothies and try to get kind of our calcium then. And she's actually, you know, she's still young, but she's had a couple broken bones. So probably an important Um, thing. Maybe that'll remind you that you don't want to have those when you get... I think it's like a couple, maybe multiple. Yeah, multiple broken bones. So maybe it's a good thing to think of when you're older, you don't want to have those casts, right? So making sure that you get that calcium into your... That it's something that comes with dairy, right? Yeah. So the goal would be three calcium sources every day. Okay. Are there any vegetables that have calcium in them? They, yep, it does. It's in like your dark leafy greens and stuff like that to an extent. Um, 
you have to eat a good amount of spinach to get the same, you know, as like a glass of milk. But absolutely, if you're eating those dark leafy greens, then that counts too. Sometimes a little bit of spinach goes in your smoothie, but probably (laughs) should focus on that yogurt. I I put yogurt, spinach, cauliflower, and like a lot of spinach. Okay. Like half of my yeah. I have like so much fruit, this much fruit, and then this much spinach. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I hide, so, I hide spinach in my smoothies that I make for my players. And when it shows up a little too green, they're like, Emily, you're, you're sneaking too much spinach in here. Like, you need it. <laughs> so speaking of players, so when, we ta- when we're talking about prevention or even injury recovery, what are some of the foods that have been shown to really help and support for those goals? Yeah, there's some important nutrients, kind of no matter where you are in your phase, whether you're in a prevention phase, or like if you've just had surgery, or if you're recovering, one of those is magnesium. And magnesium can be found in things like beans and whole grains. So again, like a lot of people kind of want to cut out carbohydrates, but we're cutting out some really important nutrients if you're doing that. So magnesium is a super important one. Zinc is another one. It's usually found in meat. Okay. We already talked about calcium, vitamin D. We can talk about things like omega-3s. Those are those healthy anti-inflammatory fats. Um, All sorts of stuff. As long as you're eating a variety, I like to say eat the rainbow. Sometimes a challenge that I can give kids sometimes is can we eat something of every color this week? So I make rainbow smoothies. Yeah. Do you put Skittles in them and that's why they're rainbow? Or what are you putting in them? (laughs) I put... uh strawberries, um, uh, bananas, mangoes, well, mangoes for like orange, bananas for like yellow, then I will put kiwi in it, then blueberries, and then I can't find anything that I like that's purple, but then the smoothie ends up being purple, so I count that as purple. Perfect. That's good. good. What about supplements for maybe kids that are, you know, struggling with certain foods or, you know, maybe struggling with injuries or anything? I know we we haven't taken any supplements except for sometimes magnesium. We Oh, I like those magnesium gummies. We take some magnesium and that was more for like sleep and someone said it was good for like muscle recovery. Um but yeah, what what about supplements? Is it I, I know food first usually is the key, but what are your what's your opinion on that? But it doesn't have to be food only. I think anytime we talk about supplements, there's a really important safety thing to talk about, and supplements are not regulated in the U.S. And you know, you know, you're not going to find this. Well, I shouldn't say not because we don't know, but you're not going to find this in like a magnesium gummy. But there are some studies that show up to 20% of supplements in the U.S. don't contain or contain something extra than what's on the label. So I've seen an example somewhere where someone thought they were buying a turmeric supplement and actually what was in that pill was garlic powder and salt. There was no turmeric in it whatsoever. So it's kind of the, the wild, wild west out there. And what's really important if you're considering buying supplements is making sure that that supplement is third party tested. So what that means is it's a separate company that comes in. They actually are testing to make sure that what the label says is in the supplement is actually in there and there's nothing extra. Okay. So you definitely have to do your research. Yeah. Yeah. So I can send you some of those common companies. One of them is called NSF 
for sport and you'll see a little label on the supplement. Another one is informed choice. It's like a little green check mark. Um, or USP is a very common one that you'll see with a lot of vitamins and minerals and like Target and drugstores. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we can add that to our show notes because I think that'll help, especially for the parents listening about, you know, if they feel like their their kid might benefit from a supplement. So you said for like knee injury prevention or for soccer, you said uh, magnesium, zinc, omega, what was the other one? Omega-3s. Not necessarily for prevention. I think, you know, just because these nutrients are important doesn't mean that you automatically need to supplement them. Especially with something like zinc, we don't want too much of it. But, you know, vitamin D is one that many, many, many Americans are low on. Uh And next time you go get your annual checkup, you get your blood work, they can test your vitamin D. And we're looking, you know, for specific numbers there. And then you can talk to your, you can talk to your kid's pediatrician and just, you know, on your regular blood test. Or if your kid's not eating, um, you know, struggles to eat like a rainbow, then maybe you want to talk to the pediatrician or a nutritionist or a dietitian about maybe, you know, are there any weaknesses or gaps in their diet? Does that sound right? Yeah. And, and most, you know, multivitamins are kind of like a safety net. The, the types of nutrients that you find in multivitamins usually have a pretty high upper limit. So it's, it's safe, you know, to be maybe taking a little bit extra. And a lot of times in multivitamins, you'll find things like magnesium. You'll find a little bit of zinc. Sometimes in kids or like teen ones specifically marketed towards girls, you'll find calcium. Um, you might find, uh, you might find a little bit of vitamin D. Um, so sometimes a, a multivitamin definitely is a great, a great safety net. Okay, cool. What else do we need to know? You know, what what should young athletes um, that really enjoy playing soccer that are looking to stay healthy so they can keep playing for as long as they possibly can, what else should they know about nutrition and um, staying healthy? So the main, main, main takeaway is we want to fuel for all the work that we're doing, right? Soccer is really, really hard on your body and your body is breaking down when you're at practice. So we want to get that fuel in to rebuild it from the inside every single time. So that's why we're eating all those meals and we have all those emergency snacks in our backpack. We want to always try to be able to eat before practice. Maybe if practice is longer than an hour, we might need to do something during. So that might just be like a Gatorade. That might be some orange slices. That might be some goldfish. And then, of course, we want to eat after. We have to fuel that work. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's hard for people, especially when it's hot. They feel kind of like it's hard for them to to get nutrition in. But what would be your suggestion, like small little portions to start? Or what's a recommendation that you give to your athletes that you work with? Yeah, definitely something is better than nothing. So small portions is great. You are spot on when it is hot. That's going to decrease your hunger. So as soon as we can kind of cool down, that hunger will come back. So some of my tricks, I love to do Gatorade slushies. So if you have a blender, you can just put Gatorade or Gatorade powder and some ice and make a nice little slushy. That's always a fun one. I'm going to make one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to try that this weekend. Or even better, take some grapes and you can put them in a plastic bag, put a little bit of Gatorade powder in there or like whatever kind of flavor hydration powder that you have. Shake it all up, put them in the freezer and make some frozen grapes and that mm-hmm. little like powder on the outside kind of makes it taste like sour patch kids 
Ooh, that's a favorite. Yes. And that's a nice way to cool down and get a little, little nutrition in there too. I love that. That's such a good idea. Mom, yeah. could we go to the store and get grapes, Gator? Yes. Yes, we're going to try that for this weekend. Okay. So, I mean, that's some really fun ways. Do you have any other? This is kind of like, I always like to ask a fun question, and I, then I know Elizabeth might have a question. Are there any fun ways that kids can start talk, thinking about nutrition or playing around with nutrition as they start, you know, when they're in their season or when they're getting ready for their season to kind of help spark that experience for them? Yeah, I think have fun with it and try to learn how you're feeling. So, you know, when you try those Gatorade frozen grapes, maybe you try them this weekend before practice. After practice, think like, hmm, did I feel like I had more energy today? Did I feel like I had less energy? Was I faster? Did my stomach feel good? Like, did those grapes feel good in my body? And start to make that connection of, you know, this food makes me super fast or this food makes my muscles feel good or that kind of stuff. Start, you know, it's an experiment. So try different things and see what works best for you. That's a good idea. We can keep a little like food food journal too, like or or like just a little journal. Like I felt really good after practice. This is what I had to eat or to drink, you know, or this is how much sleep I got, all those kind of things. That would be fun to do that. Cool. What about hydration? Is that like a big piece of this, I would think? Yes. I mean, specifically for, I mean, I know we're talking a little bit about knee injuries in particular here, but for muscle injuries, so like muscle strains and tears and things like that, being hydrated is super, super important. And, you know, your ligaments don't get quite as much water, but that day-to-day hydration, no matter what, is important, right? Our body is always going to function best when we are fully hydrated. Um, And then in recovering, Yes, hydration is absolutely a factor. So if you are injured, don't forget your hydration as you're recovering. Okay, cool. Elizabeth, do you have any questions? I have a question. Um, I have two questions. Okay. My first one is, what got you into injury prevention? That's a really good question. I used to work in professional baseball. And they have a lot of elbow injuries and those elbow injuries take a really, really long time to heal. And I learned a lot from them about how tough that recovery process is and how hard it is mentally and how a lot of emotions can come up about how you feel about your body and how you feel about food. And I just thought that more people needed access to that kind of conversation. So I wanted to be that voice because I didn't see anybody else that was doing it. So it's the baseball guys. And my other question is, did you ever have, like when you're younger, a major injury or something? Ooh, 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 Okay. I have a couple stories for you, but you also just reminded me of a really good point that I wanted to make because I like to plug this in. When we are talking about injuries, sometimes we forget to talk about concussions. So like head injuries. Yeah, And for soccer, and especially if you're a goalie, this can be really important. There is some really, really cool data on omega-3. So that's like fish oil pills. And if you are consistently taking your omega-3, we can potentially decrease the length and severity of concussion symptoms. Interesting. And then if you get a concussion and you continue to take your omega-3s through it, potentially we can get through those symptoms faster. So 
it's hard for me to blanket recommend a supplement to everybody, but if I was going to do it, that would be the one. It's really, really hard to overdose or take too much omega-3. And the majority of people are not doing it. And a lot of kids don't like fish. So (laughs) exactly. So that can be a really great thing to include. And the reason I think of that is because I had a few, had a few concussions growing up and those, those weren't fun. Um, Luckily, I didn't have any major injuries. I had a really silly one one time where I fell on my knee funny at gymnastics and my bursa popped, which is kind of like the little fluid sacs in your knee. And it looked like I had a jellyfish on my knee for a couple of weeks. Oh, my goodness. But, that yeah. is a pretty no, crazy one. And I can, I've... you know, it gets crackly when it's a little cold outside. But mm. knock on wood, nothing major. Okay, that that's really good to know. And I guess good if when you, you know, everybody gets injuries, you can't prevent every single injury, right? We're all going to get injuries and we don't want to feel too down if we do. But I think taking care of yourself before and then taking care of yourself when and after you have an injury helps it to heal better and also helps it, you know, as you get older to not kind of bring back and, you know, have something that bothers you for a really long time. So These are so many great tips. Um, For the parents and coaches that are listening, is there any advice you have for kind of starting this conversation with your kids or your players and kind of making it a fun thing for everybody to kind of do together? Well, I mean, there's different appropriate conversations based on the age of the kids that you're working with, of course, right? But I think in general... Keep in mind, if if you are going to talk to your kids about nutrition related to injuries, let's separate it from a conversation about their body, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not use words about weight or about size or things like that. Let's, you know, use nutrition for what it's really doing, right? It's helping you heal. It's helping you get strong. It's helping you get back to your sport. It's helping you be the best athlete that you can be. And it has very little to do with your size. And I think a lot of athletes, when they get injured, they get really scared about how their body might change if they're not playing soccer. And we don't need to, to fuel that fire. And I have a ton of resources if, if that is something that um, people want to look into further. But yeah, I think if I could say one thing, it's like, let's, let's separate those two conversations. Okay, cool. So I know that you do a lot of work. And if anyone that's listening is interested in learning more about this topic or speaking with you directly, how would they reach out? Yeah, so I'm on social media, mostly Instagram, but every now and then I'll dabble on TikTok or, I don't know, threads, whatever else (laughs) is new. Um, You can find me at injury underscore RD. My website is injuryrd.com. Or you can shoot me an email at emily injuryrd.com. Okay, cool. And do people usually reach out to you? Does anyone reach out to you preventatively or is it usually people that have already been injured? Yeah, all any stage of rehab. Um, so that could be a preventive stage. That could be before an upcoming surgery. That could be nine months after, you know, whatever surgery and you're starting to return to play and you're getting back into that prevention cycle because you don't want to go through this again. Any stage, you know, I'm a little biased here, but nutrition makes an impact. Yeah, I think it can make a huge difference on how you feel and how you perform and how you recover from injuries. So this was so helpful. I, you know, 
I probably have more questions. We will reach out to you in addition and we can add, if you have any great tips that you think of after this call, we can add them to our show notes. And we're so happy to have connected with you. And I love knowing that nutrition has a piece in prevention because I feel like sometimes it's overwhelming about the injuries that are going on. But if we feel like we can control some of the controllables, then um, maybe we can make a little bit of a difference. And, you know, I'll just say this one last thing, because there is this narrative in soccer lately that it's like this epidemic of of knee injuries. And, you know, we use the word prevention, but I like to kind of use risk attenuation. Okay. Because we can't predict the future, right? Stuff happens. And what's really, really important is so many athletes make a complete recovery from their Mm -hmm. injury, right? It doesn't need to be this big, scary, daunting thing. And there are tons of very high level, wonderful athletes that make that full comeback. And they can even come around at the end and talk about the silver lining that they found through that injury of some new perspective that they gained or a way that they improved or whatever it it may be. So if you are newly injured and you're, you're facing that fear right now, um, let me try to take that cloud out from over your head. Um, and, and it, it can be okay. I love ending on that because I ha- that is so true. And I haven't thought about that. But I have noticed so many players that have gone through different um, injuries, whether they're high school players or even college players, and have gone on to, yeah, one, they learn so much about their bodies through that yeah. injury and how to take care of themselves and how to recover. I've talked to so many people that I worked with when they were in high school, and then they went on t- to college, and they actually work in a field now, you know, after their careers are done because of an injury that they had. And it's helped them to build resiliency and character and made them feel okay when they're outside of their sport how do they manage things and it's really given them like you said a silver lining and injuries can sometimes you know be a blessing in disguise to help you kind of move forward and grow as a person so I love that let's end on that and Emily thank you so much this is so interesting I'm going to read up a little bit more and listen to this podcast again and yeah if there's any new insights you have along the way please reach out to us and we'll have you on again Will do. Will do. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, if you'd like what you heard, please follow us, which you can do by visiting shedreamsandgoals.com. Follow us on Instagram at shedreamsandgoals. And most importantly, share our podcast with family, friends, and teammates. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast.
To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.